G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It is your boy Darcy here talking all things AFL fantasy and talking all things Carlton on our latest team preview podcast. There's the beautiful song Stato of the Carlton Blues. Let's talk about them now from a fantasy perspective. Let's get into it. I'm going to be talking about the team numbers first, but I do have with me five-time top 100 finisher, the Statesman. I have a duo of two-time top 10 hat winners in Holmesy and Harmy as well joining us. Let's talk some Carlton. The team numbers from 2023, fifth on the ladder, which was a, a mighty rise for Michael Voss's lads there. Second for AFL Fantasy Points, very relevant in fantasy circles. Number one for rebound 50 rate and number one for intercept marks. So they did a lot of good work in the back line there. Number one for contested marks as well, in part to their duo of dominant forwards up front and also a couple of uh, key defenders as well back down back. Second best contested possession differential. So Paddy Cripps and crew still getting the job done inside. But around average for inside 50 differential, which was their issue there. So they managed to, you know, make the most of their opportunities down forward, but they also gave their opposition plenty of opportunities to score through the middle. But Holmesy, I wanted to ask, can the Blues survive without Paddy Dow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, I've managed to sneak him in a... a Two podcasts in a row. I didn't play the theme song this time. Go and listen to the Saints one if you want to hear that. Let's look at the trade period, though. They're ins for the Blues. Elijah Hollands came across from Gold Coast. Orazio Fantasia as well, making his way to the Blues. The outs, as I mentioned, Paddy Dow heading off to break out again this year. Zach Fisher... Um, went to North Melbourne and Ed Kerno retired. So the brother of retiring there. The buy round Stato, though, this is the biggest talking point, And maybe we can spend a bit of time as a group talking about this one too. But Statesman, our buy round expert, you've been giving us advice on each of the buy rounds for each team. The Blues, they have that opening round. And not only that, they've got their buy in round two before another one in round 14. Yeah, so round two buys is a real challenge, to be honest. Um, but look, it's only a real challenge if you're talking premiums. So you only have to uh, have 18 players score. So the lower end mid prices or the rookies, it does not matter. You're going to get the price rise, you're going to get the coin, and you're going to have rookies on the bench to hopefully easily give you um, 24 scoring players. So it shouldn't be too much of a drama except for the real expensive players. It means you, you end up having a premium that misses definitely misses two games uh, rather than just the one. Um, their mid-season buy is round 14, which is actually a really good buy to have. So um, don't be afraid of potential. Uh, Potential good rookies, good mid prices. I'd be cautious with regards to any primo, but let's let's face it. I don't think they've got any top end, most expensive primo players anyway. Okay, let's talk about some of the popular picks from Carlton. Ten plus percent ownership. 
Zach Williams, back in the fantasy mix again. Harmy, talk us through Zach Williams as a fantasy prospect for us once again, coming off uh, a pretty serious injury. Yeah, isn't it funny? He always seems to float in and out of our teams, but on his day, he's a uh, thumping scorer. So it depends on the body. It depends on the role. Um but everything we're hearing out of Carlton at the moment is that he's training really well uh, and the body isn't an issue at the moment. So um, priced at 49, he had a 30% discount uh, from I think 70, must have been two years ago. But he could potentially be higher than that, you know, if he's if he's on. So um, he's best 22, he's got a big contract, he's got a little bit to prove. So I'm Quite interested at this stage on Zach Williams. I guess throughout the course of the preseason, I have been pretty worried, you know, that he wasn't in full training and all that sort of thing. But about three weeks ago, since he's hit full training and done done all the match sim, I think that uh, I'm quite interested. Holmesy, you know, he's going to be a big talking point. I think Zach Williams, given that price and given that ownership, your thoughts as well. Yeah, look, Harmy, Harmy has nailed pretty much everything I've thought and. The, the almost cheat cheat way that we're seeing it this year is that, you know, in the years gone by with someone coming off an ACL, they potentially would have done all this match sim stuff, but then they might not have played a preseason game and potentially then got up for round one and we wouldn't have had a look. But if he's playing round zero, we're going to get that free look at him and we're going to see how he scores and how, he, how fit he is and how he's looking. So, uh, yeah, Zach Williams, I'm interested and we get a good look at him. Yeah, and that was coming off the back of an Achilles issue the year prior or something, wasn't it? So, yeah, injury after injury. Hopefully, he gets a good run at it. And it's just that. It's just that early buy that's the struggle. But at his price, I suppose it's less of an issue, as we've mentioned a couple of times already. Sam Walsh, 27% ownership. Stato, that's pretty high. You mentioned they don't have any top-end premiums. But uh, could you back in a Sam Walsh, even though he's got that round two buy? Um, he's a, um, a value premium, so his, his price is well down of what his potential top range is. So that is someone you could actually discuss, but, look, I, I think with him role um, looking at um, opening rounds, give you a bit of an indication of actually what's happening. They've got a lot of midfielders here, but we know he's running power, so he's got the potential. But because of the price point that he actually comes in at, I, I think he's one that you can just sort of sit there, watch for uh, opening round, watch for round one, and then bring him in round three. One thing I will will highlight and and just been looking at the matchups a little bit, and as Stato said, having a look at, at round zero is going to be crucial. But say he comes out round zero, the role is there, and he looks fantastic and scores well. I think that coaches can start Sam Walsh, even though he does have that round two buy, purely off the fact that if they're a team that has uh, only two rookies on field, then potentially they're running with the Jeremy Sharp at M9 who can potentially cover Walsh in round two when they play north at Marble. It's just something I'm looking at. But with a good matchup there, potentially he can get a 75-80 score and maybe you're not giving up too many points with Walsh given that he might be one of the best value premiums we have this year. 
Astute as always, Holmesy. Looking forward to more of your takes on a few more players tonight, uh, today. But we have talk. We'll talk about these guys in the rookie segment. We have Billy Wilson, who's twenty-one percent owned, and Jackson Bins, ten percent owned. Just probably due to the price there. I know Bins had a pretty sensational year in the VFL last year, but I want to look at the big dogs, the top three averaging players from last year as well, and a guy that was in many teams last year. As a defender, though, Harmy, we had Sam Doherty, 943K, 105 average, but he's a mid-only now. Yes, I foolishly got tricked into starting with Doherty in my defence last year, and um, as as probably predicted, um, his value went down. And he had a couple of quiet games and, yeah, dropped, uh, dropped in uh, value. Everyone picked him up. But he sort of came off uh, the year before he had a thumb, like 114 average or something, something really big. And it's because he was sitting on that back flank, uh, a lot of intercept marks, a lot of um, outlet uh, ball. But it wasn't the case last year. Um, I think they tried to uh, integrate some other players into their back line and he pushed up the ground playing a little bit on the wing, but in the midfield and then a, a small amount of times um, in the back line as well. So... I just think that what he did last year may be the most we'll see from him. I mean, I could be wrong, but, yeah, mid-only, priced at 105, who a mid-only that doesn't attend many CBAs. So uh, I'm not as keen, um, would be fair to say, Dossie. Interesting one, Sam Doherty, to watch, but I think it is just a watch on roll and a watch on scoring power in whatever role he kind of is put in. And um, maybe we do see him become a DPP again, but if Zach Williams is going to be going back into that defensive line and can keep his body right, and if they also roll with the Saad and the next guy that we're going to be talking about, maybe he is a bit shifted out and they use him more damagingly in that midfield. But talking about the second Highest averaging player last year, Stato, the former Swan, Nick Newman, 98 average, came home blistering with 121 in his last five. He would have been in a majority, I would dare say, of the top finishing uh, hat winners last year, Nick Newman. So a massive finish to the year. Can he continue this? As we mentioned, Doherty out of the picture down back. It's a very high price for someone that's only ever had patches. Um, and good run at the end of last year. There's no doubts about that. Doherty up on the wing, no Williams. So I actually want to see what happens. The only thing that hurts us really in fantasy footy for Nick Newman, he's actually proved to be a really good stopper as well. Um, but a couple of the stop, stopping jobs, he has actually scored well too. So, um, look, I'm just not going there. You got the round two bye, but except he was one I missed in the second half of the year. Yeah, well, a guy um, I'm always excited about and made a made a bit of an appearance in my team last year and surprisingly going under the radar when we've got a guy like Walsh, 27% owned, is Adam Chera, Holmesy, the former Docker. You're a Docker's man, had a lot of potential there, came across to the Blues and started showing those signs in a little bit, little bits of patches last year. But I want to know... Holmesy, do you know who was number one for points per minute for Carlton? Was it Sam Walsh? Must have been Adam Chera, I'm guessing oh. you're going to tell me. <laughs> oh, it certainly was there, Holmesy. So his average of, what was it, 96.6, he did in just 74% 
time on ground and just 57% of CBA. So he had a little bit of a patch in the mid in the sort of mid to late season where he started getting bulk CBAs and he was scoring like a like a top top le- level premium. Do you th- do you see him as an option during the season? I don't, I don't think coach is going to be keen to to risk it early, but could he could he get that role this year? Oh, I think there's a lot of mouths to feed, Dossie. Don't forget, you've still got Patrick Cripps in there. You've got George Hewitt. That's a, a good scorer on his day as well. And You think, I, you no, think you, Hewitt's in there this year? He does the role. He plays that defensive role. Um, someone's got to go in there and do it. They all can't hunt the footy. So if he's fit and you healthy, still I still think there's probably a, probably a role there for him, Dossie. Um, but, yeah, look, I tell you what, if if 30% of the comp is going to go Sam Walsh and you want to be in the 0.5% <laughs> that goes Chera. <laughs> Um, to start the year, that's very on brand for you. Um, yeah. And I'll be, I'll be in the group chat, quick smart when he has another hamstring injury in the first quarter, and and you're just a little bit upset, Harmy. No. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think that um, Hewitt is in there. I, I think that uh, at times last year they preferred Hewitt over Kennedy as that um, defensive uh, midfielder. And I think that that means if they're all fit, um, that Kennedy's the one to, to drop away. Like, I don't know. Okay. I'll probably sit out this one then. I think I'm in the minority. <laughs> I just think they played some of their best footy when neither of them were in there, when it was Cripps, Walsh, Chera, those guys going in there weren't, dominating. Weren't they playing their best footy towards the end of the year and that's when Hewitt was back in? I like my story better. <laughs> you might be right. Carlton fans can let us know. Um, I'm sure they will. Uh, let's talk about the uh, rookie options or rookie priced options for fantasy footy this year. Now, we talked about it. 21% owned Billy Wilson, $201,000 defender mid Stato. Yeah, I just... Unless there's injuries, I just don't see him getting uh, a game early. Yes, he's got some talent. Yes, he's worthwhile looking at, but I just don't see it early. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Jackson Binns last year was pretty solid in the VFL. I have to get his numbers up, but he was always on the brink. He was always mentioned, uh, you know, in the State League fantasy articles that come out on AFL.com. He was always one that was throwing his hands up. So that's that's why I think he's sitting at around 10% ownership at the moment. Obviously, just check if he gets a game, but... We've talked about how that's probably the position they, they don't need at the moment as a midfield. If he can slot in somewhere else, um, that would be great. But 17 games last year for Jackson Bins in the VFL. He averaged 21 kicks, eight handballs, eight marks, three tackles, and 116 fantasy points. So that's why we are excited if Jackson Bins does get a gig. And if he does, um, I'm all about it at 200K for your bench slot at, at minimum there. So... Um, Bub we'll risk all over it, Dossie. Yeah. Still 200K, though. Um, don't mind it if he if he does get a gig. Orazio Fantasia is rookie-priced. Harmy at $269,000. If he's a regular in the 22 and named round one after opening round, let's suggest he gets a reasonable score in opening round. Could you go there? Now, I hope Orazio's not listening because... Essendon reject and now Port Adelaide reject and you reckon that he's going to get a gig ahead of um, some of those small forwards at Carlton. I'd be quite surprised, Dossie. 
Army's yeah, he's, a bit, he's a bit better. <laughs> so, he's a bit better. <laughs> so biased. Oh, unbelievable. Um, I will say I'm really hot dots, um, and, and it's okay. more than yeah. It, it's it's not about the player because we know he's got a shocking uh, injury history. It's just when they play and who they play is really interesting. So if he does well opening round, they play the first game on Thursday, which gives you effectively. Uh, a loop option, so you get to have a look at um, a player who can kick four or five on their day sitting on the bench for your forward line, our weakest line. Um, that's the Thursday night game. Then has the bye, then has a Friday night game against North Melbourne. So um, for two potential strong loop options, if he scores well opening round and some early cash, I'm keen. Okay, let's take a look at some of the points of difference for Carlton. And I'd probably suggest most of these guys, unless they have an absolute blistering opening round, you're probably looking at them a bit later in the season. But maybe some of these value names are um, keen, you guys might be keen on. Let's have a talk about them. Patrick Cripps first, though. He's just under 800K, Harmy. 88 average. Can he? Is, is this just what he is now? Well, he did drop 14 uh, points on his average last year, didn't he? So well, there's poss- possibility that you're going to get a little bit of upside, but um, that was a Brownlow year too, wasn't it, from memory? So, yeah, I don't think there's too much. He's not really somebody that I'm chasing and um, that early buy puts me off even more. So I'm probably saying no. Yes, can get hot, but, um, yeah, that year that, that we saw him just – blistering back in fantasy. I wonder whether, given they've sort of upgraded their midfield around him, whether he can return to a ton average. But I'll be interested. I'll, I'll be monitoring early season, I think, with Paddy Cripps. Uh, Charlie Kerno, Holmesy, with the lack of forward options, 87 average last year. Can he uh, rack up a few more marks? Can he Can he just repeat? Is that enough for you, for your forward line? Yeah, I can see why coaches might be considering it. Uh, but to be honest, man, I think he's pretty much at his ceiling. He's just won the Coleman um, and that's an 87 average. So I, I think you'll be there, thereabouts again, but we're looking for value in our starting squads, and I'm not sure there's any on a, on a Charlie, Charlie Kerner. Let's talk about uh, your boy, Stato, George Hewitt. We mentioned them these this duo both before. I, I would like to compare both. So I think if we assume there is a sort of third spot in that midfield up for grabs or even a 3-4 punch, could Hewitt or Matt Kennedy, both priced around 74-75, both the similar price of 669 and 673 could either of them be value if we think that they can grasp a role there unlike other podcasters i can see it he's talking george hewitt for for listeners i doubted him a few years ago i said i don't see it then he popped a big average so that's yeah, the context the for down as well Sato. peeps just to drag it home look their, their price point is not right in the midfield We've got some um, primos that are good value and we've got some good rookies um, and we've got some potential premiums um, that are coming down at uh, a low starting price for us. So the the answer is no to both. Okay. Um, last couple of names, both in the $600,000 price bracket. Harry Mackay, we, we, we saw Kerno go 87. He is more of a possession gatherer, but again, just due to the lack of forwards, Harmy. If Harry Mackay, you know, popped a really big score in opening round, could you consider him as, a, as an option early in the season? 
No way. No way I would, mate. As a as that their key position forward who is inaccurate in front of goals, I just couldn't do it. I think I also noted a 13-point injury-affected game, which did lower the value a bit there, but I agree. It's still hard to go key forwards, even this year when they're probably as the most relevant as they've probably ever been. Uh, it's still tough to consider a key forward. Um, I do have my on a little bit on the Tom Lynch from Richmond, though, if he gets back to his best. Uh, Elijah Holland, 641000 bucks, Holmesy. The last player here for Carlton that we'll talk about on the pod. Six, yeah, 641k, 51 average, um, unfortunately suspended for two weeks mm. to start the year. Yeah, and I think he's based off his average from the year prior as well, which was a, a limited sample size yeah. um, from the Gold Coast. So, no, nah, you're not touching it. Um, he's missing the first two games anyway, and he's going to find it pretty hard to break into that 22 initially, maybe even comes in as the sub a few times to get his feet in the water. So, no, nah, you're not looking at it, Elijah Hollands. Uh, I think Carlton, you know, it's going to be the big watch on opening round, how big some of these players can score and whether or not we're going to bite the bullet on a few and, and, you know, give up that round two score to really get that cash rise. But make sure, you know, obviously check back in. We'll, we'll cover all those games in the opening round. We'll make sure we do a good job there. That's going to be probably our biggest podcast of the season, I'd imagine, in terms of people wanting to hear what the hell to do. Look forward to that one. But next up... We have our next team preview. It's going to be Melbourne. We'll see you on that one. Make sure you are following us at PodPod AFL everywhere. Give us a rating, review, all the rest. See you then.